You may begin your exam now. A dog says... A cow says... Ah, of course, of course. Well, here they are, Brian, my test results. Read them and weep. Uh, Peter, according to this, you're not a genius. In fact... You're mentally retarded. Oh, yeah? Well, would a mentally retarded guy have hired a bulldozer with a drunk driver to level half of his house in celebration of his fantastic test results? Uh, maybe. Uh-oh. Congratulations! Pasito, pasito, serve me, serve me, sido. No me me pegando, paquito, paquito. Ella sin ese mi boca. Tu slugger es favorito. To look here no more. I got the horses in the back, horse tack is attached. Hat is Maddie Black, got the boots that black to me. Riding on a horse, you can whip your Porsche. I'm not a tough guy, gentle, I'm not rough guy. Just can't eat enough guy, I'm a cocoa puff guy. I'm that dead type, traumatized and sad type. Drinking till I'm mad type, don't know how to add type. I'm a fat. Hey everybody and welcome to the premiere week by week episode by episode look back at Family Guy 20 years later. I'm your host Ian and this is Frickin' Sweet, a Family Guy podcast. And this week we have the 56th episode overall. We have season 4's 6th episode. It is Petarded. This episode premiered June 19th, 2005 and is probably the Hardest, most awkward episode uh, that we've had to cover so far. This episode has the word retarded all throughout it. Um, in the commentary, uh, Seth says at one point that in the um, mental challenged community that uh, retarded isn't as bad as uh, retard, which I'm not sure whether that tracks or not. And at this point, it is 2021. And I don't think this episode would fly uh, today. Either way, we're gonna take a look back at it, and we're gonna we're gonna pull out some of the uh, little jokes here and there that are really funny. Um, and the the very beginning of this episode in the game night section is really funny. But we're gonna go through it, and we're gonna talk about some uh, really fun stuff in the middle. Uh, and this is, uh, it, like I said, there are really funny jokes in this. This episode was written by Alex Sulkin and Wellesley Wild. They were both on the commentary. Alex, this is their first episode that they wrote for the show. They would go on to write, uh, a lot more. Alex Sulkin is in the commentary. He's really funny. He, he, uh, he gave a lot of credit to everyone who wrote the jokes. And Wellesley Wild spent the entire commentary calling me a nerd for listening to it. Uh, and then this episode was written by Seth Kearsley, uh, who was not on the commentary. But the episode is well-directed, so we'll give him credit there. Uh, th- like I said, this episode is kind of awkward uh, to talk about because it, it is uh, dealing with um, mental retardation. And, like, and I don't, like I said, I don't think this episode would fly uh, today. But we are going to talk about it, and there are there are some really funny jokes uh, throughout it. Uh, so we'll go through it, and we'll 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 play some clips, and it, it uh, hopefully it'll be okay. Uh, but before we get into that, we of course have to get into this week's concurrent cartoons. Concurrent cartoons. This week we have a lot of funny episodes, and. And not just that, but we've also got a couple of things that went up against our episode of Family Guy uh, that I also wanted to talk about. The episode of King of the Hill that played was Caretaken, Care of Business. And this episode's actually uh, near and dear to my heart because it is all about grass. Uh, The high school uh, that Bobby goes to their football team, and of course uh, football is huge in Texas as it is here in Oklahoma and Louisiana where I grew up. Um, I played football in high school and the turf isn't being taken care of well. So the guys, Hank and, and, uh, Dale and, and, and the gang, they're taking care of the field and the caretaker is taking credit for it. 
and, and, and acting like he's doing it all. And they're just trying to help him get to his retirement, but they, they kind of resent it a bit. And it's really funny. And this is also where they introduce the character, not introduce him, but this is the second introduction of Lucky Luann's uh, eventual husband, who is really funny, and he's he's one of my favorite characters, and and I think everyone, uh, as they grow up, they like King of the Hill just a little bit more, and King of the Hill is one of my favorite shows of all time, and, and it's absolutely true. The the older you get, the more King of the Hill resonates with you. The episodes of The Simpsons that played, as per usual, uh, lately they played two repeat episodes. One of them we've already talked about is Don't Fear the Roofer, where uh, Ray Romano guest stars, which is really funny because at the same time, uh, throughout the entire two-hour period of cartoons, uh, the Inside the Actor's Studio was playing with the Everybody Loves Raymond cast, and so he was on twice that night. He was on the guest starring on the Simpsons episode and also inside the actor's studio, which ran against all of our cartoons tonight. The second episode of the Simpsons that played was Mobile Homer, which is a really good episode where Homer gets a mobile home behind Marge's back. This causes a riff where Homer moves into the mobile home and it really seems like uh, the Simpsons are going through one of their biggest marital strifes that they've ever had. Homer begins to befriend a bunch of mobile home people uh, who move into their backyard uh, like Tetris pieces and start siphoning the Simpsons' electricity, but Marge shuts that down pretty quick. It ends with Bart and Lisa driving the mobile home back to the... Uh, back to the dealership, and it's really funny. I was just talking to, to my wife about this when my wife um, recently had to get her driver's license uh, renewed, and we were talking about uh, watching episodes that were about driving, and so we watched this one uh, recently, and it's it's a really, really good episode, and it's right at the beginning of a DVD that I have, so I end up watching this one a lot, and it's a good thing that it's a pretty good episode. There also was a really good episode of American Dad that played. This episode was called Deacon Stan, Jesus Man. This is where the deacon of Stan's church uh, dies, and so him and I believe it's Duper are running for deacon of the church, and uh, Roger ends up eating all of the Francine's famous potato salad and he has to make more he runs out of mayonnaise and luckily he's been producing this really gross space mucus or whatever from these weird side rib gills of his and they uh, make more from that and it turns out that people end up really liking that and so uh, he ends up being kind of put through the ringer by Stan um but Stan learns that he can't uh, treat his friends poorly just to, to get something he wants. And Stan, I think, relents and Duper becomes Deacon and it, and it ends up not even being uh, all that great. Uh, but it's a really funny episode and um, I, it's really hard to explain. But this episode is it's one of my favorite episodes of the first season. And that first season of American Dad, there's no uh, wonder why it got picked up and why it got picked up by TBS after it was canceled on Fox, uh, because it's just so damn funny. Uh, and Stan is just such a really funny character, and unfortunately that's also uh, the hardest character that Seth MacFarlane has said that he has to do. He says that his throat is just absolutely wrecked after doing uh, a recording of that for hours. So, uh, sorry to him, but unfortunately he's a really, really popular character. Another thing that ran against all of our cartoons tonight was the uh, Game 5 of the NBA Finals with the Spurs defeating the Pistons in overtime in Game 5, extending the series. And I believe the Spurs go on to win this. I believe, or it might, actually, I think it might have been the Pistons. I can't really remember. It was 2005. Um, but it, it's, I, I, I think I remember watching a couple of games of it that year, and because uh, the, the Pistons were really good, and for some reason I've always liked the Pistons, but because um, the, they've always seemed like underdogs. 
But that ran against the cartoons tonight, and of course that had the biggest share of the ratings. But our our American Dad and Family Guy episode both had over seven million viewers, which is the highest viewers that they've had this uh, this season. And usually it was running against Desperate Housewives, but the the network that ran Desperate Housewives was running the NBA Finals. And the NBA Finals actually got uh, less of a share of the ratings that night than just a regular episode of Desperate Housewives, which I find really funny. Uh, but I think that also led to our, our Family Guy and American Dad episode, the premieres. Uh, garnering uh, better ratings, so uh, we can appreciate that. But with that all being said, we need to get into our Family Guy episode, so uh, we'll get right into that. It's Pitarded. Alright, and this episode's going to get started with a really fun game night for everybody in the neighborhood. Uh, Peter's, Peter's really excited. He says that they, everyone should have a better time than when they went and saw the vagina monologues. And we cut to just, it's like a woman's lower half cut off at the waist and it's the vagina with a pace and it's talking. It's not the vagina, it's the front of a pair of panties, but, uh, it's talking and it's just doing stupid stand-up bits. Uh, there's a part where, uh, he's like, they should replace a, uh, a defense secretary with Jeff Galuli, and he's trying to just make it, everyone laugh because he said a funny name. Uh, Jeff Galuli, I believe, is the guy, um, who, the husband of Tanya Harding, I think he was the one who hit Nancy Kerrigan in the fucking knee, uh, but... Um, the game night continues on, and, uh, it's, first they play Twister, and of course Joe's really good at it, because he can't feel his, uh, bottom half. They also included Mort in this game night, which is really good, I feel like, uh, they included his character. Once they created him, they really started including him, and they, they really liked him, uh, as part of the show. They also play a game brought by Cleveland called Two Decades of Dignity. Thanks for including my civil rights board game in the game night rotation, guys. Oh, we're always happy to play Two Decades of Dignity. It makes us all feel a little less guilty. For whistling at a white woman, go directly to jail. Oh, man, does anyone ever win at this game? You don't win. You just do a little better each time. And, yeah, that's, I guess, all you can expect from that game, and that's a travesty. They are going to play paintball just inside the house. Not sure why Lois is okay with that. But they, damn it, forgot to pick up the paintball guns. Uh, Brian forgot to pick up the paintball guns. Very irresponsible of him. But, luckily, Joe, for some reason, just has a box full of loaded guns. And he's like, oh, I guess we could use these guns I brought from the station for some odd fucking reason. So, they all start uh, playing paintball with uh, real guns. They're firing at each other. Uh, At one point, Peter uh, shoots Quagmire in the arm, and Quag's pretty pissed about it. But Peter's like, ah, oh, come on, Quagmire, you're doing better than the Peter Wellick from the opening scene of Robocop, and you just see him getting just fucking destroyed uh, by Cleveland Joe and Mort, and they're just like fucking taking him out by the chunk, and it's absolutely hilarious. Uh, after a bit, uh, Lois is like, well, now that we've all gotten back from the ER and, and gotten... Uh, treated for our gunshot wounds, it's time to play the last game of the night, Trivial Pursuit. And like I said last week, me and my wife are huge Trivial Pursuit fans. We're both pretty freaking good at it. And uh, it's one of our favorite games. We we have a table that our Master's Edition board fits into, and we need to get a piece of glass cut to fit over it. And, uh, that's going to be like our, uh, table, our game table. And it, it's going to be freaking awesome, but they all start playing Trivial Pursuit and Lois 
is uh, going to sneak in some junior Trivial Pursuit questions for Peter to answer to make him feel better. Because right before the game starts, Peter says, Man, I hate playing Trivial Pursuit. I feel stupid like when I locked my keys out of my car. Or maybe Brian says it, but one of them sets up this joke where Peter is locked in his car and uh, actually one of Meg's teachers comes walking by. And um, he's like, he comes walking by and Peter's like, Hey, hey, sir, sir, could you get those keys? Could you could you get those keys? And Peter's locked in his car, and the keys are laying on the ground right outside the door. And the guy ignores him, and he's like, "Ah, oh, you bastard!" And so he gets this, uh, he gets this, uh, he gets this wire hanger, and he starts trying to get the keys to bring him close. And he's like, "Ah!" because he drops and he starts crying. And I was really bad at locking my keys in my car for a while, and I got really good at jimmying my door open. So, like, whenever my friends would lock their keys in their car, my they would call me so I could come help them. Uh, but I learned to to stop doing that. And after the really funny cutaway, Lois is cheating, and. Uh, there's a part where she asks him what color fire trucks are and he's like ah shit um what color are those red fire trucks um and lois is like yeah they are red peter and he's like yeah well it's it's a good thing that i just watched that discovery channel special on the fire truck and there's a really fucking funny cutaway apparently some writer had been pitching this for a while but there's a really funny cutaway to a fire truck, to a, to like a nature documentary about fire trucks, where it's like, um, where it it's chasing down like a gazelle or something like that, and it's using its ladder to like smack it in the head, and it's like, ah, the fire truck has has gotten another victim, and then the ambulance, like some ambulances are creeping it up, and the fire truck honks its horn, and the ambulances back off, and it's like the ambulances will have to wait their turn. And it's super fucking funny, and it gets called back at the very end of the episode. Um, but after that cutaway, we go to Peter finally getting a win. Uh, and Lois, but the, the question that Lois asked him was ridiculously easy, to be fair. And who knows, maybe Brian would have won if he would have gotten this question right. Okay, Brian, name the 16th century ecumenical body that marked a major turning point for Christianity in Europe. Uh, I think that was the Council of Trent. <laughs> you, you could not be more wrong. <laughs> the answer is Phyllis Diller. Peter, you're reading the uh, pink. Uh... My turn. Okay, Peter, this is for the win. Say the word what. Ah. Uh, wow. Okay. Um, this uh, really separates the men from the boys. Uh... Peter, just say what. Yeah, 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 Lois, Lois, this is not a race. Um, okay, I want to say who. Uh, boy, uh, Fantastic Four, Fantastic Four, uh, steak, 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 a uh, small amount of peas. Um, is it what? Of course, he probably wasn't going to win because Peter was getting all the they they later changed it to them having to cheat for Peter because they felt that worked for the story before it was just that Peter was going to get really easy questions just uh just for like out of nowhere but uh, he's like man I'm so happy like um when I when I met that uh the hunk of chunk of cheese guy and we get a cutaway to him it was there are two in ABC television uh, PSAs to like eat more cheese and there was one to like brush your teeth and stuff like that but it's like a, a hunk of chunk of chunk of cheese and and it's like in the middle of the night and Peter's like sir it is like two in the morning can you please not yell and Peter just starts acting absolutely insufferable he's he's watching uh he's watching like um meet the press to like hear smart words and he's going to dinner and he's calling Lois's meatloaf uh shallow and pedantic and he's just being a dick about it and um he 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 leaves and Brian turns to Lois and is like man how can you have you ever just like 
like after like talking to him or she's like how can i be married to that guy and she's like oh i repress it and she's like can that be good for you and she's like well you know how bad can it be and we get a cutaway into her head where there's a little tumor and it's like i'm a tumor 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 oh oh, oh i'm a tumor and they said that they had to work really hard to get the rights to that song from they had to like track down falco for it and um they said that it it was like it took like uh quite a while for them to be able to get the rights for that one but it's a really funny joke so i'm really glad they did um but after peter you know is being such a dick and he he insults lois's food brian's had enough he's like look why don't you go try out for the MacArthur Genius Grant, which is a real thing? Um, and he's like, you know, if you go and you and you turn out to be a genius like you're claiming to be, they'll they'll give you a million dollars to do whatever you want. And Peter's like, oh man, imagine what I could do with a million dollars. And we see him with Cloris Leachman, who's playing herself. She's a really old, famous actress. And he's just like being super rich. He's like, all right, I've bought you legally. Now juggle these beanbags. And she's like, I don't know how to juggle. And he's like, God help you, Cloris Leachman, juggle the beanbags. And she's absolutely terrified of him. Uh, but Peter goes and tests for the MacArthur Genius Grant. And it does not go well. <laughs> You may begin your exam now. A dog says... A cow says... Ah, of course, of course. Well, here they are, Brian, my test results. Read them and weep. Uh, Peter, according to this, you're not a genius. In fact... You're mentally retarded. Oh, yeah? Well, would a mentally retarded guy have hired a bulldozer with a drunk driver to level half of his house in celebration of his fantastic test results? Uh, maybe. Uh-oh. Congratulations! Yes, Peter is the kind of idiot who would hire a bulldozer to destroy his home after his fabulous, fabulous test results. And it's, yeah, so he, of course, doesn't pass because he uses a speaking spell. Um, or not a speaking spell, but a, a speaking, or whatever those things are called. And, uh, yeah, it, he, and he, just, he didn't even look at the test results before he let Brian look at them. So, you know, it, it, he, he then hired a bulldozer to destroy his house. So, um his logic is flawed in, in every way, so Peter is not a smart man, at the, at the very least. The Griffins go and visit a uh, doctor, and he shows them a graph that shows that Peter is just under the line of being mentally challenged. And Peter's like, are you sure? And he's like, the day I'm corrected by, uh, and I'm really glad he stopped right there, but he's like, look, just, just trust the analysis. Uh, we cut home, and Peter calls an ex-girlfriend of his, and he's like, yeah, I, I, I just found out that I'm retarded, so you might want to get yourself tested. And that's not how that works at all, obviously. And um, Brian is like, look, I, I, I don't know how to tell you how, how to say this to you, but I feel like I have to. And he like, he's like, yeah, in your fucking face, fuckwad. Uh, I'm sorry, and uh, I think it was Steve Callahan. He's in the, uh, not Steve Callahan. Um, uh, he's he, Chris Sheridan. He's in the uh, commentary. He he's like I pitched that joke to Seth, and he's like I yelled that right in your face, and I felt like you were gonna fire me after that. But uh, and then after that, Meg is like I can't believe this is. Uh, that one of my parents is retarded. This is so embarrassing, which is really fucked up of her to say. And Stewie dresses her down, and it's hard to not be on his side. Peter, I hate to say I told you so about not being a genius, but, uh... Yeah! In your f***ing face, f***wad! I'm... 
I'm sorry about that. I can't believe this is happening to me. I can never go back to school again. Oh, yes, Meg, yes, yes, yes. Everything was going swimmingly for you until this. Yes, yes, this is the thing that will ruin your reputation. Not your years of grotesque appearance or awkward social graces or that Felix Ungerish way you clear your sinuses. No, 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 it's this. Do you hear yourself talk? I might kill you tonight. But after that, Lois is like, look, this isn't going to change your life. Uh, and he's like, oh, my, how can that, how can it not change my life? Of course, they hear a, some, uh, something outside. They all run out and they see a new sign's been erected right in front of his, in front of the yard that says, um, retarded dad, uh, please be careful. And it shows Peter's silhouette chasing a, a ball and he's like, what? This, how is this not just supposed to embarrass me? How is that going to help? And then a ball goes flying by. And he's like, ooh, shiny red ball. And he runs into the street. And necessitating the sign. Um, Peter goes over to Joe's to ask him for advice. He's like, you know, how is it like being retarded? Which is really fucked up. And Joe is like, I'm not retarded. I'm 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 physically handicapped. He's like, well, now you're just splitting hairs, which is fucking ridiculous. Again, I really don't think this episode would be able to fly uh, today. But um, after he talks to Joe, uh, Joe uh, knows that Peter is being diagnosed as mentally challenged, and so he calls Cleveland, and this starts a song. It's from, it's a, the arrangement and the music is from Bye Bye Birdie. Um, and the, the song is not uh, aired on television because it uses the word retarded too much. Um, we have a small snippet of it and we're going to play it because it's, a, it's, the, it's the original arrangement. Uh, Walter Murphy and the Family Guy uh, I almost said the Family Guy band, but Walter Murphy and the Family Guy Orchestra, because that's what they are, uh, found the original arrangements for it and, and, and did it. And so it is a beautiful piece of music, so I want to play it at least because of that. Um, but this is not uh, typically aired on TV. And we cut it off at the part where it literally, st there's a literal chorus of like five or six people just repeating the word retarded over and over and over again. And that's obviously too, uh, that's obviously too far, um, but still. Hi, Cleveland. Hi, Joseph. What's the story? Morning glory. What's the word? Hummingbird. Have you heard Peter Griffin is slow? Can he still drive a car? Can he drink at a bar? Will they let him have kids? Is his life on the skid? Um, this, like I said, is, 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 is quite a lot, but, um, we see Peter at the, at a restaurant uh, it's a fancy restaurant, and they're like, oh, so there's going to be some precautions. And he has to wear a helmet, and he's like, well, I get that. But then he's like, but why do I have to wear the water wings? And he, and Lois is like, well, you did order the soup. And he's like, yeah, but how am I? And then he face plants into it, and he starts acting like he's drowning in it. And Lois pulls him out, and he's like, these water wings didn't help at all. And he's like, man, I am having just the worst day and and Lois is like, well, there, there's people who have had worse days. And we cut to a guy in Hiroshima on the day of the atomic bomb. And he's got a parking ticket and someone drives past him and, and splashes water all over him. And he's like, oh, this is terrible. And then he looks up and there's a shadow building around him. And he's like, oh, my God. And then a baboon falls on him and starts and starts ripping at his back. And uh, the subversion on that joke is absolutely hilarious. Peter, uh, driving, is complaining about, you know, what's going on in his life. And he doesn't see Tom Tucker in the road. And he fucking kick, just fucking almost kills him, just destroys him. 
and he gets out and he's like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. And at first Tom is mad, but he sees that it's Peter Grimm and he's like, oh, you're that local retarded man. I'm, it's no problem. No problem at all. And this gives Peter the idea that now that he has been diagnosed retarded, he can't be held responsible for any of his actions. So he is going to take full advantage. We cut to him at church and we see him just throwing Bibles at people. Uh, he's like, Bible fight! And he just starts chucking Bibles at people, just crushing kids right in the face. And that's hilarious. That's a funny piece of animation right there. Just Peter just hawking these Bibles. And then he hits like a dude, an old lady, and a kid. And it's so freaking funny. Sorry, retarded. Oh, that's okay then. You don't know any better. Oh, bless your heart. Jeez, didn't you hear me a second ago? I'm retarded. Oh, you're just curious. Well, let me show you how everything works down there. And uh, then we cut back to the house. He's got a state-appointed, um, he's got a state-appointed uh, guardian. It's played by LeVar Burton. His name is Vern. The scene is modeled off of the scene with Rain Man. Um, it, it's like a pretty much a dead-on copy. But David A. Goodman, a writer for Family Guy, was also a writer for Star Trek Enterprise. Uh, LeVar Burton was on Star Trek Enterprise. And Seth MacFarlane uh, got uh, a small gig on, on Star Trek Enterprise because of David A. Goodman. And he was talking to LeVar Burton. LeVar Burton, of course, is of uh, Rainbow, Reading Rainbow, Star Trek, uh, tons of Star Trek. And then he's also uh, Kunta Kinte from Roots. Um, he was talking to Seth on set and he's like, uh, Seth was like, you should come over to Family Guy. We, we can, you know, uh, do something with you. And he agreed because, uh, he was like, LeVar Burton is just like the nicest person ever, which is wonderful to hear. And I assumed as well, because I watched Reading Rainbow as, as a kid. And how could the guy from Reading Rainbow not be the nicest guy in the entire world, right? That just makes all sorts of, all sorts of sense. Uh, but Peter's behavior is deteriorating, is the point. He's throwing his food in his plate, and Lois is like, I'm not happy with how you're acting. You're just you're just taking advantage of this whole situation and, and acting worse than you normally would. And um, Stewie burns Lois, and uh, Brian goes to give him a high five, but then pulls it back. Uh, he's like, too slow, and Stewie's like, ugh. And this leads to... He's like, oh, I'm more embarrassed than when I tried to tell that joke at that party. And we cut to Stewie uh, trying to tell a joke in front of, like, a joke about a black guy in a bar. And uh, he's like, he's like, oh, hold on a second. And he starts looking around. And the joke is that he, like, he, like, goes to, like, really ridiculous places, like an, uh, an African's uh, plane to see if he could find a black guy around or whatever it's to the ridiculous it's the ridiculousness of the joke that's funny and then he starts telling the joke and then a black guy pops out of the potted plant and he's like oh and and the black guy ordered a drink and then paid for it promptly and and left and everyone 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 was fine fine and uh then we cut back to the uh dinner and or no we cut to peter and lois going to a fast food restaurant and Peter's really excited to go to a fast food restaurant for the first time as a mentally challenged person. All right, my first trip to a fast food joint as a retarded guy. Excuse me, pardon me, coming through, special needs. Uh, yeah, I'll have a, uh, oh, oh, is this thing on? Uh... Attention restaurant customers. Testicles. That is all. Give me that. Sorry, folks. Oh, my God. Is that what my voice sounds like? It's all whiny and nasally. Ugh. You know what? I'm just going to get my own food. And he throws... He, he's like, oh, the fry later. And he, he's like, I'm taking this with me. And he goes to pick it up, and he throws all of the fucking fry oil. And I've worked at multiple fast food restaurants. Believe me, that shit is hot. And later on, Lois is going to be like, and I smell like french fries, and I will for a month. That is 100% true. Uh, I had a pair of pants that I wore to work at a certain restaurant with square hamburgers, uh, and I, w I had to clean out the 
uh, the fryers, the bottom of it, the filters, and dude, you get that even a little bit on you, bro. Those pants are done. French fries for forever. But that's not the point. I mean, it's kind of funny, but um, she gets burned with fry oil, and uh, he he walks over to the counter. He's like, "Oh, you will look worse than Rock, Rocky Dennis." And we get a cut to um, I can't remember the girl in that movie, but Rocky Dennis, uh, and she's like feeling the the woman is blind, and he's like, "Hella crazy, like craggy, big Frankenstein-y kind of face," if I can describe it. But she's like touching her, touching his face, and she's like, "Oh, oh, oh, God! This isn't what I expected to look at all, at all. Oh my God! What am I touching? The outside of a house? Oh my God!" And Seth on the commentary is like, "This is how she should have reacted in that movie," and yeah, that's probably true. Is it Jennifer Lopez in that? No, that can't be. That can't be right. But um, Lois is at the hospital. Lois is in a full body cast and 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 Peter's like, "Oh my god, I'm so sorry." And then a uh a government agent comes in named Agent Jessup and he tells everyone that he is there to take the kids and they're like, "Oh no, oh no." And Stewie's like, "Oh, it's about time." And that is just so fucking funny. And now we're going to kick it over to freaking sweet stuff. This week's first segment is going to be hosted by worldwide, world-famous philosopher, Paul Terry. Uh, thank you, Ian. Uh, my name is Paul Terry. I-, I would ask you to say it correctly. I'm sorry to be rude. Um, but this week, uh, yes, this is my segment. I don't quite have a name for it yet, but I will get back to you on that one. Uh, but this week, we're going to be taking a look at one Alex Jones. We're going to be playing a few clips and uh, responding to them. Some of the some of the more outlandish things that he's ever said. Um, he he's a he's a pseudo right wing uh, media pundit with a uh, penchant for lambacity. He 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 seemingly uh, believes uh, that all Democrats and, and liberals are are, are are actual demons. Uh, of the devil, and and that he is fighting a holy war uh, against uh, the devil. Um, he is he he says that he is above uh, both parties, but he does seem to be uh, a very right right leaning. Um, w- let's take a listen at, at this first clip. Hitler took the guns. Stalin took the guns. Mao took the guns. Fidel okay. Castro took the guns. Hugo Chavez took the guns. And I'm here to tell you, 1776 will commence again if you try to take our firearms. Well, uh, I don't actually believe... I believe that's an actual myth uh, that anyone's actually trying to take away guns from anybody. Um, in New Zealand and Australia, uh, for instance... Uh, there have been uh, very restrictive gun laws, uh, but this has led to less uh, mass shootings and less uh, violence overall, which I believe is a good thing. Uh, so why uh, Mr. Jones seems to be against that, I, I cannot understand. Uh, let's go to our next clip. But the reason there's so many gay people now is because it's a chemical warfare operation. I have the government documents where they said they're going to encourage homosexuality with chemicals so that people don't have children. This is uh, one of Alex's more famous uh, claims uh, that there is chemical warfare uh, being waged by uh, the globalist, his uh, perceived boogeyman, uh, into turning the population gay uh, so that we can curb uh, population growth. Uh, it's a great plan. Uh, unfortunately, everything that he says uh, can be verifiably shown false. Uh, let's go to our last clip. I believe it's pretty indicative of his worldview uh, overall. The New World Order, I guess, is read that God's going to destroy the earth the next time by fire. And if you believe the Bible, it's being run by an ancient, powerful entity with super advanced intelligence. This uh, seems to be his uh, biggest uh, through line throughout all of his shows and all of his media presence is that there is a shadowy uh, government behind the scenes he was running things the new world order ran by the globalists 
uh, and he seems to to believe in the devil uh, quite quite truthfully. And and my question is, uh, does he does he truly believe in magic, like like real life in your face, real life magic? Because he's constantly uh, claiming that pedophile. Uh, he keeps constantly claiming that Democrats and liberals are, are all pedophiles and demons who practice black magic and Satanism and. I just, I have to ask, the, I have to question the mental sanity of someone who, who quite literally believes in magic. I mean, magic's not real, my friend. It, it's not real at all. Um, so that'll wrap it up for my first segment here. I have been poultry. I, I, I've had a lot of fun. I, I, I loved a, I, I loved a gib, uh, as you can tell. And uh, I can't wait to my next segment. I don't know what it's going to be on, but it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, Alex Jones, uh, as I believe I've shown, is quite crazy. Um, he, he, he seemingly believes everything that he says, um, and, and he said a lot worse things than what I've shown here today. Uh, the most important thing that I would like to tell you about Alex Jones, and the last thing that I will tell you about Alex Jones, is that he was once sued, and in court he had to say that his... Uh, was a truthfully fictional character. So, ah, that's the last thing that I would like to, to leave you with, is that he has been quoted as saying that everything that he says is a lie and is completely a character. So, that'll do it for me, Paul Turee. Alright, thanks, Paul. That was a lot of fun. It was very enlightening. Alex Jones, Infowars, not a good place. We are not highlighting them to drive traffic to them. We are highlighting to lambast them. Please understand that. <clears throat> Our next segment is a brand new segment and one that I wanted to bring you just a week ago, but due to some technical difficulties, we were not able to bring that to you, but we are going to bring it to you this week. It is a brand new segment, like I said before. Welcome to our freaking sweet kitchen. <laughs> This week we are going to be doing a Mississippi roast. It is the go-to recipe for me when I need to make dinner, though I very rarely need to do that. My wife, Rachel, is probably the best cook I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, she can cook everything uh, that you can possibly think of, uh, up to and including all of the best Cajun food. I think I believe, I've said before, I'm from New Orleans. And I've had some of the best Cajun food in the world. And she's, I mean, she goes so far as to order the beans from New Orleans. She's the best. So I don't have to cook very often. But when I do, this is the recipe that I always 100% go to without fail. Because not only is it easy, it also creates a wonderfully delicious dinner that cannot be beat. Uh, so this week we are going to be doing my world-famous Mississippi roast. Uh, you're going to start with a chuck roast about two, between two and three pounds. Uh, you're going to put it into your crock pot. Uh, you're going to put an au jus packet as well as a ranch packet over it. And then you're going to cut a full stick of butter into small pads, place it over the roast covering it. Then you're going to take five to six pepperoncinis, depending on their size, lay them all across the top of it. Then you're going to slow cook it for eight to ten hours. And at the whole time you're going to be watering, your mouth is going to be watering because you are going to be smelling the most delicious roast cooking. You're, you're going you're gonna to not want to leave your kitchen all day long I very much promise you and after 8 to 10 hours you're gonna pull it out and it is just going to fall apart the juice is going to come out of nowhere it's gonna come from the meat it's gonna come from the butter it's gonna it's it's so fantastic the peppers give it such a good heat back kick and and it's just so so fantastic it's so tender so juicy so delicious and like i said it is my go-to easy recipe i love to cook in the slow cooker because it's the sort of thing that you can just set and forget it's fantastic and this is this is the recipe that i always go to when i have uh friends over whenever I'm having a potluck. It's just so delicious. So please, please give a give a try to my Mississippi roast. 
And last but not least this week, we are going to do a returning segment from not too long ago. Because it is WrestleMania weekend, WrestleMania 37 is this weekend. I'm going to be watching it on the Peacock Network. I'm not shilling for them, as should you, because there are some really good matches. I've <clears throat> heard it said on some of the, on some of the uh, subreddits and, and things like that that some people are not excited for this one because they believe that the uh, matches aren't uh compelling enough and i don't i don't believe that i think there's some real sleeper hits on there and i think some of the stories have been really well put together uh so so i i'm i'm really excited so so you should should check it out if you're if you're not uh into wrestling maybe give it a shot it's the big time it's the the biggest show of the year so you might you might want to give it a shot this week we are going to be doing freaking sweet wrestling Digging it, dig, digging it all. taking a look at wrestlemania x7 or wrestlemania 17 uh the reason we're doing this one specifically not only because it's one of the best wrestlemanias of all time just in general uh but because it is from exactly 20 years not exactly 20 years ago it is from april 1st 2001 but it is from 20 years ago exactly 20 wrestlemanias ago and this WrestleMania took place at the Reliant Astrodome in Houston, Texas. It played in front of an audience of 67,925, a record at the time. And it had a pay-per-view buy rate of over a million watching. And it was freaking amazing. I was one of the people watching. And in every, not every single match, but almost every single match on this thing was a banger and it led up to this wrestlemania being one of the best ones ever out of 37 wrestlemania 17 has to be definitely top five top three uh is definitely in the discussion but the first match y2j versus william regal y2j uh chris jericho goes over uh winning the intercontinental championship good uh taz and the apa go over the right to censor which was the gimmick i fucking hated it was just a bunch of guys who just went around like not uh it's basically it was the peacock squad if you if, if you're into wrestling and you know how they're uh censoring uh the wwe product uh now that it's gone from its own network to peacock the art right to censor was the fucking peacock squad uh, after that, there's a really good hardcore match between Kane, Raven, and the Big Show, where it they just went all over the arena. Uh, there they they ran over each other. There was tables and trash cans and steel chairs, and Kane threw Raven through a window, and and there was a cart that hit Big Show, and they went flying through a table at the end, and then Kane did a flying leg drop for the win. It was absolutely insane. Uh, Eddie Guerrero, the late, great Eddie Guerrero, took on Test for the European Championship, the underrated Test, and the the late, great Test, who Andrew Reynolds, who passed away. They're both of these wrestlers, uh, died way too young and they were both very talented eddie guerrero maybe a little bit more but both very talented eddie guerrero goes over winning the european championship kurt angle versus uh the late chris benoit kurt angle goes over uh but this was hailed and is hailed as one of the most technical matches of all time and it's it's a fantastic match uh china the late great china would take on ivory for the wwf champ women's championship uh, China at the time was coming back from a neck injury and she just powered through ivory and it was a really uh, it was a really um, happy moment it was a really really good moment and uh, she stood tall and she was she was a really big part of wrestling and she was a really big part of pop culture and she recently passed away and so we uh, we, we you know we give a shout out to her uh, there was a street fight between Shane McMahon and Vince McMahon. 
that was absolutely insane. I mean, the billionaire, truthfully billionaire owner of this company, taking on his billionaire of a son in a street fight, just beating and hammering the shit out of each other with kendo sticks, steel chairs, tables, ladders, you name it. Uh, Vince's wife, Linda, the the former de- uh, Department of Interior head, uh, got involved, kicked Vince in the nuts. It's absolutely insane when you look back on it uh, now. We had uh, the second TLC match, tables, ladders, and chairs, between Edge and Christian, Jeff and Matt Hardy, and the Dudley Boys, all Hall of Famers. And this was an insane match that also saw Rhino... Spike Dudley and Lita all get involved. So it was basically nine of some of the most talented and some of the most popular people in the industry at the time just going at each other with tables, ladders, and chairs. Edge and Christian came out on top to win the tag team championships, but it, it's it's a fantastic match that you definitely should go back and watch. There was a gimmick battle royal that took place that had all of the wrestlers from the like the 80s and the early 90s that had all of the silly gimmicks like Iron Sheik and Sergeant Slaughter and the uh, the Trash Man wrestler and the Dentist wrestler and all those job wrestlers. The Iron Sheik would go on to win, but Sergeant Slaughter would come in at the end to get revenge against that uh, evil foreign bastard as is the uh, purview of wrestling. Uh, the penultimate match was an Undertaker versus Triple H early in their careers match. Uh, right when the two, well, Undertaker was obviously popular, hugely popular at the time, and Triple H was had already been a multi-time champion. But <clears throat> they would go on to have two, uh, I think, two more matches at WrestleMania. Uh, one being a Hell in a Cell match, and this is probably uh the. Th- third best out of all of them but this match is because it's them in their prime is absolutely fucking amazing they go through all out the crowd it's it's absolutely insane triple h uses his uh trusty sledgehammer but undertaker ends up getting the win in the end extending his wrestlemania win streak to nine and oh as we all know he would go on to hold that until 23 and oh where he would lose it at wrestlemania 30 to brock lesnar our final match was the second ever WrestleMania meeting of Steve Austin versus The Rock. They would have three matches at WrestleMania between five years at WrestleMania 15, 17, and 19, all three of which are absolute classics and tell a story that overarchs five years and shows um and shows both of them be both being the good guy, both being the bad guy. And it just shows everything that you want to see in wrestling as far as long-term storytelling. And these two are at the height of their popularity, the absolute height of their absolute superpowers. Because in 2001, The Rock and Stone Cold and Steve Austin could do no wrong. And this match was absolutely electric. Steve Austin would win the first two of their meetings. The Rock would win the third at WrestleMania 19, finally finally getting over that hump and Steve Austin passing the torch to him. But Steve Austin would take the win here after he he had help from Vince McMahon, his long-time hated enemy, his arch enemy for years and years, and he finally embraces the dark side here to take the championship. And and he it's it's fantastic and this would lead to be to one of the greatest wrestling promos of all time, as well as one of the greatest pack like um, one of the greatest highlight packages of all time watched still to this day. So this this is a really fantastic show that you guys should go watch. And I thought it would be fun to talk about a WrestleMania since it is WrestleMania weekend. And with that, we'll wrap up frickin' sweet stuff. And now we'll get you back to your regularly scheduled Family Guy episode, P-Tarded. Welcome back. And this third act begins... With the Griffin kids at Cleveland's house, that's where they're going to be staying for for the meantime. And the boys go to sleep, and they start doing that uh, thing where you start where the lights go out, and you're like, "Hey, Chris, Chris, what do you think happened uh, to 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 Janine 
Garofalo. I I'm updating this because the joke in 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 the actual show um doesn't quite fit with 2021. Um, but they're doing that. And then Meg is having a sleepover, which is really fun for her. And it was really nice that Cleveland let her do that. And it doesn't quite go the, the way that Meg thinks it's going to go. Thanks for letting my friend sleep over, Mr. Brown. No problem, Meg. If y'all get hungry, there's some cottage cheese in the fridge. I'm going to get me a spoonful now before y'all have at it. Oh my god, Craig Hoffman's new car is so cool. Oh my god, totally. I love the color. Really? What color is it? It's like blue, kind of blue-green. Ugh, it's the same color as his eyes. Oh wow, I bet he looks so hot driving it. I heard he bought it from his dad. Yeah, I remember his dad dropped him off at school in it one time when he was a freshman. Doesn't his dad live in Hartford? I think so. My Aunt Sheila lives in Hartford. They have a mall there that's pretty cool. It's like part underground. Oh, that's awesome. Damn it, you guys are boring the crap out of me. Stupid mindless chatter is what it is. You know what I'm gonna do? Just gonna go back to my place and rent a dirty movie. This is ridiculous. And in the in the uh, commentary, you can hear them laugh. They're like, and he's like thinking that he's entitled to to them being being, uh, you know, g- giving him a little something for for his time of you know coming out and staking out their their sleepover, yeah, that quagmire. But uh, Peter goes and uh, goes uh, at the hospital. He's using the bathroom. He's like, ah, ah, Lois, I um, I need some some of your bandages. There's just no toilet paper in the bathroom, and so he grabs some off of her foot and he flushes, and it just starts flying off her leg. He's like, ah, oh, shit, shit, shit. I got it. 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 And he he cuts it off, and um, after he, he's like, man, ah, this is going worse than uh, when Stewie was in that iPod commercial. And it's just a, one of those old fucking commercials uh, for iPods. Uh, maybe some of you remember them where it was the color and then there was a silhouette of people and they were dancing with an iPod in their ear. It was just a, It's just a silly commercial that you'd probably only get if you were back in that time uh, and you remember those commercials. But um, Brian's like, man, look, if you want your kids back, you're just going to have to show that you're a good father. And what Peter hears is, Ah, yeah, so what I need to do is that I need to show that Cleveland is a bad father. And so Peter's bright idea is that he's going to bring hookers over to Cleveland's house. And uh, Cleveland, and for some reason, the uh, human services agent, uh, Agent Jessup, comes over. And he's like, oh, Agent Jessup, can you can you believe all this? Look, Cleveland has seven prostitutes. And then we get a Sesame Street one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven, seven prostitutes. And uh, Agent Jess was like, Mr. Griffin, you didn't actually think this was going to work. And Cleveland was like, yeah, this is a shakedown. You and five of those prostitutes, get out of here. Which is fucking hilarious. And we cut from there to court. And we hear um, Agent Jessup being like, and so I'd like to thank you, Mr. Griffin. For teaching me to not trust any mentally challenged people. And the judge is played by Phil Lamar. They shout him out in the commentary. He's been on the show since the very first season of uh, Mad TV fame. He's uh, he's also a really great uh, voice actor. He's in fucking everything. Um, but he's like, thank you, uh, counselor, for your comically misleading remarks. And then Peter gets a chance to present his case. And he calls the ghost that never lies. And he's like... Uh, ghost that never lies is the person that you that you saw on that fateful day in this courtroom. Oh, he is, he is. Well, can you point him out to me? And Peter's just making this up as he's going along. And for some reason, he's like, well, don't point at me, you bastard. And the judge is like, Mr. Griffin, what, what, what come on. And um, Peter's like, oh, okay. And then he gives this really big speech Um to try to persuade the judge uh, to give him his kids back. Well, if there's nothing further, I hereby say. Oh, wait, 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 Your Honor. There is something further. Look, I-, I know I screwed up big time, but I only did it so I could get my kids back. I love them. And I, and I think it's a bum rap that just because I'm retarded, that makes me an unfit parent. There are plenty of unfit parents out there who aren't retarded, but they get to keep their kids. Bing Crosby, Joan Crawford, I think the Ramsey's still got one left. I just want him back, Your Honor, and you're the only one who can help me. 
What do you say? Are you kidding? You're a monster. This does not work, however, and the judge is like, if I could, I would send you to a place where um, you would uh, spend, for, for a finite amount of time, that would teach you to be a better person in society. But since there is no place to my knowledge, I'm just going to have to let you go free. Gavel down. And Peter's like, yeah! Oh, but my kids, but yeah! He's like, oh, oh, it was prison. It was prison you were thinking about. And he's like, ah, oh, well, I already banged the thing. Well, damn it. And uh, Peter uh, goes home, and he's like, man, uh, this sucks. And there's a Jake and the Fat Man cutaway, I think, because someone was watching. I think it was Brian. And uh, it's just really funny. Uh, if you remember just... Uh, just the terrible 80s cop shows. Jake and the Fat Man was, uh, fuck, I can't remember the actor's name. But uh, the cutaway is really funny. He's like, look at this cigarette. It's it's evidence. And the guy's like, oh, oh could you, could you bring it over here? Oh, shit. Oh, what do you think was in those donuts earlier? Do you think it was cheese? Because I'm not so good with cheese. And it's just so fucking funny. And the, in the commentary, all of the fucking writers were laughing. And then I had a meta thought where I was like, they're laughing their asses off at their own fucking joke. That's like, there's like an Aziz Ansari bit where he's like, what if Con, where he was like, what if I was like just chilling there? And I was like, these jokes are dope. And I was listening to myself. I think it was about Kanye who was listening to his own beats. And he was like, these beats are dope. Um, which is fucking ridiculous um but peter's really really sad uh he's like man I, I just i wish i had my kids and lois and then uh the uh most cartoon sitcom thing happens lois returns and uh she smells like french fries and of course she's got the fucking kids and everything is back to normal hi peter oh my god lois you're all better. That's right. And the doctors say I'll smell like french fries for the next six months. I'll enjoy that. And Peter, I got a surprise for you. You got the kids back. Oh, I love you so much, delicious french fry wife. Uh, they said that they got a bunch of flack because, uh, from people for this episode because they were like, it just ends and it, everything's just back to normal just like that. And on, they were like, well, wouldn't she rather us just, like, pack in the fucking jokes as much as we can and then just kind of race towards the end a little bit at the end and that way there's more funny jokes because it's a cartoon and on one hand i'm like yes and then they're also like and also like i guess it you know once lois gets out of the hospital they can just get the kids back and then also yeah so i really don't feel like that's like a like a big deal but like i said she's got the kids and everything's back to normal oh no but peter hears something outside it's another fire truck attack. He goes out with his shotgun. He tries to pick a shot off at it, but the fire truck smacks him with its ladder, and he's a, he gets attacked. And that is where we go to our credits. Well, that will do it for us here at Frickin' Sweet. This episode was absolutely hilarious, though it was a little tough to talk about in 2021 due to the subject matter. And, and the overall language of the episode. But there are some really funny jokes that you forget are in here. And I don't think the ending is as rushed as people might think it is. Because once Lois gets out of the hospital, she is going to get the kids back. Though I do think she recovered from that uh, fry oil uh, 50 millionth degree burn really fucking quickly. Uh, but next week we are going to be having so much fun. Next week we're going to be going to doing the episode of Brian the Bachelor. It's one of my favorite episodes of this uh, season. Brian goes on the Bachelor just as a, on just on a lark, just to get to the open bar, and he ends up catching feelings for the Bachelorette. And Chris gets a new friend. Unfortunately, it is the zit on his face that can talk and has nefarious ends. And it's absolutely hilarious. It's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait to get into that. But in the meantime, if you'd like to send us an email, you can at frickinsweetfamilypod at gmail.com, or you can send us an email or voicemail at anchor.fm slash frickinsweet. There, you not only can send us a voicemail that we'll play right here on the show, but you can also check out our entire backlog of episodes, including special episodes such as Star Wars, the Origins of Family Guy, Frickin' Sweet Cartoons, Frickin' Sweet Movies, 
uh, uh, all sorts of fantastic stuff. A look at Seth MacFarlane himself, as well as the cartoons that led up to Family Guy. And we have also 56 uh, episodes of Family Guy for you to look at. We also have two crossover episodes with the other Family Guy podcast, the freaking or the uh, Family Guy Funny Cast. And tonight uh, we are going to be recording another crossover episode. Uh, all about the top, uh, the Sweet 16 of the Family Guy Season 3 episodes. It's going to be so much fun, and I can't wait to get into that. Uh, we always go for, like, three hours, and you guys only get a little bit of it, but it's so much fun to record with those guys. And uh, next week is going to be so much fun as well. We're going to be doing um, Brian the Bachelor. And like I said, that's one of my favorite episodes. It's got some really funny jokes that you forget are like absolutely fucking hilarious. Um, so, But like I said, like I always say, you cannot get to next week until you're on this week. So until then, we'll see you later. Bye. It seems today that all you see is vile. A bag of weed, a bag of weed, oh everything is better with a bag of weed, it's the only nothing you'll ever need because they try to defeat me they can all just freaking eat me to make you call fellatio a trouser friendly kiss is the plain situation be sure that you see that this is not a chive <laughs>